Hey guys, welcome back to the Uncensored Wizard podcast. So glad that you're uh, joining me again. You know, this is this setup. I was just sitting here thinking. So I grew up um, in the church. My mom was very involved in the church, and so uh, after services on Sunday, mom would stay behind and she would count the books, is what it was called, do the books, which is basically count the offering. You know, put it on a ledger sheet and make sure the money gets put where it's supposed to go. All that kind of stuff. And during that time period, I would just play in the sanctuary. So, like, I spent a lot of my childhood playing in the sanctuary of a church. And one of the things I used to love to do, and I'm surprised they let me do it, is I would get on the sound system and I would just cut the monitors on and have conversations with myself, um, which I did a lot as a child anyway. I was I was a younger of my two sisters and uh, was pretty much an only child, (laughs) played by myself, talked to myself all the time. And uh, that was something I did. And this feels like that, right? Because I've got, this is like my monitors and I'm sitting here and I'm talking to myself and um, somebody in my real estate firm had told me, they were like, man, you feel like, you know, they saw my short videos and they said, it feels like you're very natural at being in front of the camera. And they were talking about how much they struggled with it. And it's kind of funny because for me, I actually struggle with it too. Like, um, it's hard to talk to a camera uh, or to computer screens Um, as if it's people. So what I do is I really try hard to imagine that you're here with me um, and that you're tuned in and and that you're actually in the room. It's a different dynamic. And as a preacher, you know, I was um, very aware when I preached of this dynamic between the audience and the speaker, right? There's there's magic that happens. Um, When I was in seminary, one of my preaching professors made the comment, they said, uh, during a class one time, like there's these different parts of the sermon, right? There's the the preparation part. There's the building of the manuscript, the outline, all these kind of things happen. But the final part of the sermon is the actual performance of the sermon. And, and by that, I mean the actual carrying out of the sermon. And there's a dynamic that, that the sermon is not even complete until after that because it changes. The dynamic of the room changes uh, the way the sermon is presented, it changes the way that um, that things are kind of uh, felt and even delivered, you know. So um, it's weird being on this because I don't have that dynamic. I don't really have that feedback. And I've thought about a couple of different ways to <clears throat> maybe manufacture that dynamic. One thing that had crossed my mind was moving to a format of just like interviews and conversations. Uh, another idea I had was just to sort of uh, maybe look into getting a, like a regular co-host or someone to kind of uh, have conversation with because I'm much better in conversation with with other people and kind of feeding off that energy than I am doing it like this. But at any rate, here we are. Uh, so I'm still learning this whole process and video and, and really still trying to decide if I actually like it or not. Uh, you know, the verdict is out. The verdict is out on that. Uh, shout out to my friend Mark for the shirt. He's if he watched if he's watching this he'll recognize it. Um, really appreciate that man. Uh, just kind of chilling out tonight. NFL playoffs are coming on later. Uh, I'm gonna check that out. So listen, I um I recently went on to my Facebook and and set up uh like audiences for um for my post because a lot of my post uh, you know over the past couple of years has really been about real estate and um you know. I, I don't know. I've I've kind of kind of fought this battle in my mind. I have a, I, I mean, I'm not like there are people who have way more followers than me, but I've got you know a few thousand followers on social media, 
across the platforms, primarily on Facebook. Um, and I always struggle with like the finding the balance between, you know, my passion and, and, and even my calling. Um, and then the real estate side of things, which has become my main means of, of making money. It's what, it's what I survive on. So I finally bit the bullet and went through like all the thousands of my uh, friends and I set up a group, um, a couple of different uh, tiers, <laughs> uh, friend groups. And, you know, one of the one of the groups I set up was a group of friends that I knew had sort of been uh, friends with me on Facebook before I started the real estate journey. Um, but, uh, you know, when I was Pastor Daniel, but it stuck with me, you know, through all of uh, the changes and transformation <clears throat> and all of that kind of thing. And those who I thought, you know, that the friends maybe I'd picked up along the way who would you know, also be interested in this, you know, in this conversation. And so uh, just recently started posting on that. Of course, I've had the Uncensored Wizard group uh, for a while, and I've, I've, I've you know, posted a lot of things in there that maybe I wouldn't post um, publicly at the time. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm at a place now where I a lot of the things I really wasn't discussing with the broader audience, um, the broader public about uh, my journey and where I'm at, uh, I'm now okay, kind of sharing that more. And, and part of that is because I feel like I'm, I'm kind of on the other side of, um, of at least this stage of the transformation, and <clears throat> that is that has been happening in my life, and it uh, it's good for me at this stage uh, to sort of uh, find integration. And it feels like this is one of the ways I'm finding integration. And so this past Sunday, um, I, I, I posted a, a couple of uh, different posts, actually three different posts, um, publicly in that group of friends. So not everyone saw it, but <clears throat> um, but there's a fair amount of my uh, of my um, friends and followers who who saw it. So I thought I would just for this episode, look at a couple of those posts and uh, just kind of, uh, I commented on some, um, and some, I was just like, ah, this is too much to, uh, too much to sort of fit in, uh, on a comment. And, you know, maybe I'll say more about it here. So, uh, before I do, I'm going to get a little sip of my drink, a little, um, idea juice. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> so, um, one of the posts I made was uh, early in the morning, and it was before. Um, oh, it was Saturday. Sorry, it was Saturday. It wasn't Sunday, and it was a post about. Um, I was just reflecting. I've been doing a lot of reflecting. I I've started attending church again. I know. I know. Uh, <clears throat> I'm as scared as you are. Um. And, you know, it was there's a there's a whole story behind that. Maybe I'll share it one day. But you uh, back in April. Um, gosh, it's so weird saying this because I thought I would never kind of come full circle like this. But back in April, I just sort of felt like uh, the spirit um, kind of dealing with me and leading me uh, and inviting me back into some spiritual waters that I haven't really um, I haven't really walked in in a while. But it was time, you know, I, I'd even begin to share with my therapist how how I felt like it was time for me to um, find ways to integrate spirituality back into my life. And damn, I tried hard uh, to get away from Christian spirituality. But at the end of the day, guys, I mean, it's uh, 
um, very much part of my DNA. I I have said on this podcast before, I, I've always sort of had a mystical uh, connection to God. It's, um, you know, I, I hate, I, I don't want to sound like the guy who's like um, discrediting other people's, you know, the various experiences with God or, you know, maybe some of the non-existence of those experiences with God. But for me, I can only speak for me in my experience. I am, I'm sort of drawn to transcendence and I'm sort of drawn to the supernatural and have just always sort of felt this connection with, uh, with creator. And, uh, so I recently started going back to church and, you know, I, uh, one of the things that, that helped me was I, uh, had been doing the hard work of, of dealing with my own cynicism for, for a while. Like that wasn't just something that started so that I could go back to church. It was something that just through a lot of introspection through therapy, uh, uh, was something I realized I needed to do. I, I needed to, um, I needed to discern what was the way I actually felt and what was just a cynicism that was sort of, uh, operating as a self-defense mechanism. Um, and so, you know, through that process, I think now that I'm back in church, a lot of the things that for a while just made me sort of grimace and, uh, kind of turned me off. I'm now just trying to appreciate, uh, some of those things. Um, one of them being just worship music in general, I'm still not the type of person who wants to listen to worship music all the time. I don't know. I find that just a little weird. I, I, no offense to those of you who do it. It's just like, man, it's just, ooh, it's too much. Uh, also, I'm kind of of the opinion that uh, familiarity builds c- contempt. That's true in real life relationships. And I think that, um, you know, it's like that old LaRue contemporary Christian uh, sibling band that was uh, around in the early 2000s. Uh, they have a song called Jaded. And I feel like, you know, if you just listen to worship music all the time, I don't know. It's just it's sort of this familiarity builds contempt. I almost like to keep my worship music for the church experience. But I do play it sometimes because I need it and, <laughs> and I need a pick me up um, or something like that. And and that's what I posted about was one of the reflections I've had is just singing the songs of the church, um, getting in a group of people and singing that God is for me that no weapon formed against me will prosper, you know, uh, that I'm made by a good creator, um, that God is love. When, when I do those kinds of things, it's good for me. Like it just, it's just good for me. I don't, it's hard to really, you know, put it, uh, put, put, put my finger on it. Um, but there, but you know, cause I, I can't, you know, it's a lot of it sounds illogical, (laughs) <laughs> some of it if you're like one of these hardcore theologian types as I was for a while um you know you, you kind of get cynical about all the positivity that sometimes is heard in Christian worship and we definitely need room for uh for the lament but damn it feels good to just get up and and on Sunday and get together with people and just talk about how good the creator is and how awesome he is who made us or it or she or whatever this transcendent being um whatever kind of pronoun uh, you want to uh 
you want to use um, that that it loves me or that he loves me uh, that uh, that that he is on my side. It's just it's a very encouraging message. And um, despite uh, or not despite, but regardless of um, um, my previous cynicism of of those type of rituals and songs and worship, I just got to tell you, I'm a better person when I, when I, when I participate in that kind of activity. And when I was, you know, when I, when I, when I was starting to get, come back to church, I tried going to a, a, several different types of churches, right? I went to a, um, I went to a, uh, evangelical Presbyterian church for a while here in the area and, uh, they were great. The worship was beautiful. I mean, I felt it, but there was like not really a liberty to like have cathartic experiences. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I may, it may, it's just the, may, maybe the way I was raised, but like, I want to raise my hands. I want to, you know, if I feel some crying coming on, I want to cry. If I want to pray, I want to pray and not feel weird about it. Um, and also just kind of like getting, being able to fully emotionally engage, you know, like I need that full emotional engagement. Um, it's, it's just such an important part of my spirituality. I saw someone on Facebook the other day comment, or write a post about how much they detested that, that they just didn't understand it. They just wanted church to be quiet and med- meditative and introspective. And, you know, I think that people like different things in worship. They're, they're looking for different things in worship. And I think that that's fine. I think that we should be more open to that. And that that's kind of the beauty of the situation we have in the church right now, where, you know, it's uh, it's a very diverse sort of, uh, um, denominationally belief system worship wise entity. And I think that's kind of the beauty of the church. It's kind of the mosaic, if you will, of, uh, of the church. And, and it's, it offers, you know, this, this diversity that is helpful because some people uh, want to worship uh, high church. Some people want to worship low church. Some people want more, more of a reflective type service. Uh, some want more of a charismatic and beat type service. I like all of them. <laughs> like, I mean, all of them are great, really. I mean, I have been in so many different kind of services, uh, even Taze services um, that have just moved me so deeply spiritually. But at the end of the day, y'all, I like I like to get in a situation uh, of worship where I can I can really engage, throw my hands in the air, um, really, you know, if I'm having a cathartic moment, I want to be able to have that, you know, if week, if the week has sucked and I want to, um, you know, in my worship, I, I begin to cry or, uh, I just want to dance. Or if I just want to jump, I want to be in a place where I can freely sort of do that. And, uh, for me, I mean, I just, it's, it's the Pentecostal church, uh, just kind of brings me back to that. So I made a post about that. Um, and got some feedback, <clears throat> you know, one of the, one of the, uh, comments that really stood out to me, uh, one of my friends, well, a couple of things stood out. I had a couple of friends that expressed that, you know, they were also starting this journey back towards church friends who I know at the same time I left church, were kind of getting out of it as well. Uh, and saying now that they're coming back. Um, and I just, you know, I thought that was really cool. Uh, first of all, that they would just share that, you know, and that they would, um, kind of bring that um up and 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 because i know it's such a for me at least it was such a sort of uh it was a heavy thing it was private i didn't really uh 
um, even know how I felt about going back to church. So those people were vulnerable and shared that. And I just thought that was really awesome. And it's also good to hear and see that, you know, you know, the journey, part of the journey I'm on right now is the same part that some, some of my, uh, friends are on as well. Um, well, this is a good comment. One of my dear friends, actually Mark, guy who got me this shirt, uh, you know, he says, you are very close to something transcendent because I talk about in the in my original post that I need that kind of atmosphere. It's good for me. It brings me, calls me into transcendence. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that he mentioned, I'm sorry, I'm checking my, my sound sounded weird. I'm checking my amp. Um, you know, he says, hey, you are very close to something. You are You are very close to something transcendent. We all are if we seek and listen. And man, that is so right. It's uh, that thin veil. Um, something that I'm again getting getting reacquainted with is that thin that thin veil. Uh, but another another comment that just really stood out to me. Let me see if I can find it here. It's very oh here it is yeah. Uh, one of my friends just said your words bring inspiration and you know out of all the comments on that particular post that one just like it felt good because that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted people to. Um, to sort of just hear that part of where I'm at, that there's something kind of new and exciting happening in me um, in regards to <clears throat> my experience of God. And uh, there's just something about church. There's something about following Jesus. There's something about singing the songs of the faith that um, yeah, that's just good for me. Just good for me. So I'm just doing it because it's good for me. Is that selfish? Not doing it because I feel like God needs it or deserve or or let me let me back up or that He feels that He deserves it, um, but it's it's because I need it and it's uh, it's good for me. It's good for me. I mean, I work a, I run my own business. I, you know, I have to be completely self sufficient in what I do. Um, it's a it's a lot to shoulder and it takes a lot of faith and belief in yourself. Um, but one thing I've learned this past year is that your faith, my faith has to go beyond faith in myself. Um, because it's just like an Alcoholics Anonymous. There's something powerful about confessing that there's something greater than you and, and that sometimes you need help uh, for that. And now ironically time for some more idea juice. Okay. So then I made another post that I just com I just I just quoted Brad Jerzak. Um I just quoted Brad Jerzak from his book on uh deconstruction, the great deconstruction out of the embers. I've been talking about this book a lot. Uh and you know in this particular uh post I just um well well hell I'll just read the thing. You know Brad Jerzak he's quoting a friend of his, uh, a guy named Paul, I can't remember the last name. Um but he's quoting a friend of his and uh, this friend had coined the term believers, uh, not like believers, but be leave like you're leaving a room, be leavers and basically has this theology around, you know, all the exoduses in, in the scripture. Like there's a lot of stories of um, there's a lot of stories of um, of people. Uh, being caught out of some place, you know, going to another place, being led to another place. And he calls them be leavers. And so this quote was from uh, a section kind of talking about that. <clears throat> be leavers are those who had to walk away from what you name it 
in order to find their way home. This is less about losing and finding than moving from alienation to communion. The idea that leaving a family or a church or a faith or a notion of Jesus could lead us to communion rather than alien rather than to alienation with him and others seems counterintuitive. Often it doesn't fit at first, especially if we've been conditioned to isolate ourselves from outsiders and strangers. For Abraham, believing was following Yahweh out of his homeland toward yet an unknown city of God. For Moses, believing was following the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire out of slavery toward a promised land. For the exiles in Babylon, believing meant following God back to the rubble of their homeland. These treks all involve significant layovers and trials. But it was pointed out to me the key word is home. Fleeing or following, yes. Fleeing or following, question mark. Yes, a good reminder that we shouldn't quickly jump to judgments. A good reminder that we shouldn't quickly ju- jump to judgments about what is happening in anyone's leaving. Any given departure could be fleeing or following, and more often than we know, both at once. And we don't foresee the end of the matter, do we? And that's a quote from Brad Jerzak, uh, out of the Embers Faith after the Great Deconstruction. Uh, got some good feedback on that. Got some good feedback on that. Um, you know, I, a friend of mine who I know has been on a similar journey as mine, also another pastor, um, same belief system as I, as I pastored in, uh, talked about how this was such a powerful uh, message. Um, I went ahead and quoted as well, a little down further. Brad Jose goes on and says, when a person, when home is a person rather than a place, there is a freedom in the journey. For some, the former places cannot hold the new things we've discovered. For others, those very things return us to the wider awe and wisdom of the familiar. For all who choose, for all who choose it, and for those who do not, it remains an invitation to a person, to Christ. If we take a pro pro approach, yet yeah, a pro pro approach, yes, some need to le- some need to leave and never look back. Others eventually return to their community of origin, <laughs> but Jesus, as both path and home, remains for us all both for those who discover him and those who have not. Um, I, I got a couple of messages, private messages uh, about that post, um, and it seemed to resonate with quite a few people. And so I was uh, really, really glad about that. I made a third post. <laughs> I was feeling particularly inspired uh, this past Sunday uh, weekend. Um, all right, the third post, actually, uh, this was a graphic I grabbed off of a friend's page. It was, a, I believe, a tweet, a, a screenshot of a tweet uh, by a guy named Dr. Kevin Young. I may, I'm supposed to know, should, I may, maybe, maybe I should know who that is. I do not know who that is. Um, but at any rate, uh, he tweeted and uh, it, it said, don't, he said, don't place a pulpit where Jesus placed a table. Don't place a pulpit where Jesus placed a table. 
And it was kind of funny because uh, the original, I'm just going to pull up the original post of this. The original person who posted this, it was it was wild because um, in the comment, I mean, I immediately like got the quote, <laughs> but there were people who were like literally taking it literal. Um, that's our page not loading. That's weird. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, on that post, basically people were um, were talking about how uh, this was a dumb quote because you needed both a pulpit and a table. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like the original author was. Um, I feel like the original author was was you speaking metaphorically. <laughs> Uh, don't put a pulpit where there should be a table. My friend Jimmy, I've been on his podcast before. He has a podcast called Jimmy's Table. He has modeled this fantastically. Um, his his um, approach to Christ- Christianity and those type of conversations uh, and having those type of conversations and building those types, types of relationship is that it's best done around a table and not like in a church or in an auditorium where there's someone just speaking. But in the original post, uh, someone was trying to argue that it was just furniture, and that you gotta have, you gotta have preaching and communion. Uh, to which the original poster of this uh, little graphic, the screenshot, um, made the point that Jesus preached some of his best sermons around a table, uh, around people eating, um, around um, a living room setting. You know those kinds of places. Even the Sermon on the Mount was. Uh, preached publicly, um, but in, uh, uh, you know, not in a situation where, um, you know, there was like this, it was a place of honor and, you know, this stage and he was up on it. Um, no, in fact, I always like Dallas, Dallas Willard's sort of reimagining or imagining of the Sermon on the Mount. And he, he imagines Jesus sort of walking through the crowd and, and touching people, you know, blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek, blessed are um, the merciful, you know, all those kinds of things. <clears throat> and just kind of touching people as he goes through. Um, so, yeah, so don't place a pulpit where Jesus places a table. I thought was a pretty, you know, powerful quote because Jesus did seem to preach in those ways. I also feel like it was a metaphor in terms of just the way you relate. You know, a pulpit, I sort of think of a bully pulpit where you know, we feel like it's our job to kind of get up and tell people what to think and tell people what to believe. Um, but, uh, you know, this uh, this particular thought, don't place a pulpit where Jesus placed a table. Um, you know, maybe we need to have more conversations and less telling people what we think and what we think they should think. And then getting pissed off when they don't think like us. Uh, this kind of elicited a few comments that I found interesting. One of my friends talked about how the hierarchical church is not what Christ is about. I don't disagree with that. Uh, I think we got to figure out what that means because hierarchies are, are I feel like, are, are just natural. They're part of the human, you know, the human experience. We, and not just humans, hierarchies are found, are found across all species, across all time. In fact, some of the oldest animals uh, on the earth that have been since the very early stages of evolution organize themselves hierarchically so you know i don't know that's tough um 
But I do agree that that Jesus sort of tears that model down, uh, levels the field, um, and you know creates a table. Uh, there's a former pastor who commented and just said, "Damn, what a statement! I'm going to have to sit on that one for a while." Just damn. Uh, one of my friends leads a Wednesday night Bible study, and she talked about how at her Bible study, everyone sits in a circle and everyone has a voice in the circle. And I thought that that's really, really beautiful. So yeah, I feel like um, you know this is this was a good active weekend in terms of some social media engagement, and I definitely uh, learned some things and had some good conversations both on those posts and off those posts. And um, you know, it's it's hard for me to articulate where I'm at on the journey, but doing things like those kind of interactions is helping me process where I'm at on the journey as well as share with others and maybe uh, inspire them somehow. Um, hey. This is this is what the show's about. It's I told you in the beginning it might be random. This is how uh, I am trying to help myself and others through processing, um, you know, the way that I'm feeling on my journey and and maybe bringing something to the table to share with others. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, be sure to like and subscribe. Share this with your friends if you like the content. Let them know about the Uncensored Wizard podcast. Hopefully it just gets better and better from here. Um, I feel a lot better about my setup, kind of getting comfortable uh, talking to a screen and lights. uh, And I hope that you're getting something out of it. And I hope that you'll pass the word on, share it. Let's grow the audience. Um, You know, you never know uh, who this might help. And also I want to meet more people who are on this journey and make more friends. Till next time.